Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Here we are, folks, FST on a Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us on the Fan- Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I uh, will stumble right out of the gate there. So uh, a little bit of a new configuration of this show uh, moving forward. Dan Stratford still with the network, but uh, moving on and focusing on uh, other shows. Uh, but I'm now joined by the guy that filled in last week. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a permanent situation. Uh, and permanent here generally means for the next little while. Uh, and it was myself and Joe Galena. Uh, and I'm excited about it. Joe and I got a chance to work together very briefly in the past. And then last week, uh, we thought it went well. Uh, schedules aligned and the stars aligned. And now Joe is going to be joining me. So I'm excited, Joe. And I'm happy to have you here with me every Saturday. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed working with you, like you said, uh, the last week, I think it was, or two weeks yes. ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to uh, hanging out with you, talking uh, baseball, football, whatever, uh, you know, fantasy betting, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, love being here. Yeah, cool. So, um, you know, we're, we'll kick it off. We're going to have Emery Hunt uh, the, on this show. He'll be coming on in the second hour, uh, about 920, so a little over an hour from now. Uh, we'll talk NFL draft. Uh, I did an NFL draft show with our college football today guys on Thursday. We filmed it, and you're gonna see it really released in video form all through next week. Uh, we did individual clips on the players that we drafted in our own mock draft, and then broke down positional stuff like quarterbacks and running backs and, and wide receivers. I think you'll find it pretty riveting you know that nfl draft joe is only now 12 days away in nashville so it's really heating up and i think it's going to start to consume people here in these next uh this next week and a half absolutely i mean uh, football has done a great job of keeping themselves relevant uh all year long and you know we've been talking about the draft uh you know for seems like you know, for the past several weeks, right? And, yeah, uh, you know, there's a, uh, you know, lots of movement here. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, Dwayne Haskins seems to be moving down a little bit. And uh, so well, good to talk to Emery Hunt. He really knows his stuff. And Absolutely. I look forward to uh, watching your coverage. I mean, you guys, uh, you, uh, Speeds, and, and Emery, and, and the gang did a great job uh, last year covering. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of draft. fun. Looking forward to seeing that again this year. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild the night because – where we do the show, <clears throat> excuse me, Studio 34 uh, in Midtown Manhattan, where we often do a lot of these shows. Joe and I happen to be doing the shows r- remotely today, but uh, where we do a lot of those shows and film those shows, that same place, it, it's to give everybody a sense, that studio is located inside of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And the studio has a fishbowl effect, so it looks out onto this. Uh, restaurant. It was formerly a sports bar. It is no longer that, but it's still uh, configured the same way. And they have been hosting a party there, a private party there. And there's been players there. We had uh, Sterling Shepard on air last year. We had Leonard Williams on air the year before. So it's been a lot of fun uh, because there's a big crowd there kind of looking in at the fishbowl. It gets a little it really ramps up the energy of the show. So from that standpoint, it's a lot of fun. So we will definitely talk NFL draft and uh, some other NFL stories in the second hour. <clears throat> but we'll really focus here uh, to kick off the show in Major League Baseball. And I guess the first uh, story that uh, people will want to hear about is Eloy Jimenez. So Eloy Jimenez hits his first two homers of his career at Yankee Stadium last night, uh, and the White Sox take out the Yankees 9-6. to six. It was rain-shortened, only seven innings, 
but the White Sox have these young players, Mancada and Jimenez, and it's th- these are the guys that are going to be pacing the team for a while. Yeah, uh, and uh, Moncada has been uh, uh, playing better this year. He's had an issue in the past, lots of strikeouts, uh, top prospect. Uh, originally, I believe, with the, the Red Sox. I think he was a Cuban, uh, played in the Cuban League. That's right. And the, yeah, and uh, so, but uh, Eloy Jimenez, I mean, a lot of people talk about Vlad Guerrero, and he's going to be a great player. But if I was in a dynasty league, I think I'd rather have uh, Jimenez over Guerrero. Uh, and just when you look at, uh, you know, you, you don't want to get, personal here but you look at Guerrero's body type and to yeah. me he looks like eventually he might eventually turn into maybe a, a DH a, a tremendous hitting DH but Elo Jimenez, uh, Jimenez seems to have uh, you know all the tools and I you know Vlad Jr. His first, yeah, yeah. yeah Vlad, Vlad Jr. hit an <laughs> absolute bomb a couple of days ago and I think yeah. you probably saw it on Sports Center and it made the rounds on the internet yeah uh, but to Joe's point like you know, nobody's picking on him, but he's a little—he's a little pudgy. <laughs> like he's not—he's not in great shape. It doesn't mean there haven't been pudgy baseball players right. that have been really good. You, mm-hmm. you throw out Kirby Puckett uh, and Tony Gwynn sure. at points during their career didn't great look examples. like they were in the best of shape. So mm-hmm. maybe he's those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, Jimenez—you know—it was interesting that Jimenez got this big contract extension well before they needed to do anything. But they obviously feel that giving that kind of extension uh, can lock him in for a longer period of time. They don't have to go to arbitration. They don't have to worry about it. He's locked in for six years at $46 million. Uh, I think you're going to see more of those types of contracts to uh, appease players and not have to worry about the arbitration process, particularly if they feel like this number three prospect in all of baseball is going to be a guy that produces. And obviously he produces uh, out of the gate last night with the couple of homers. So uh, three hits, four runs, uh, two runs scored in his four at-bats. And he gets to three ribbies on the two homers. So um, what were your thoughts about Moncada going into the season? Because you and I... Well, let's first first we'll do Jimenez and then we'll talk about Mancata. So Jimenez, did you have expectations for him as a rookie to come in and produce right away? I thought that uh, by the end of the season, he had potential to be a rookie of the year candidate. Of course, uh, you know, Guerrero's there as well. Um, and I was unfortunately I didn't get any shares of him, but uh, based on where he was going in drafts, it seemed like he was going maybe seventh, eighth, ninth round of drafts as compared to Guerrero, who was going, you know, sometimes fourth round, as early as fourth round. He was the guy, fantasy wise, that I would have targeted more. I mean, when I draft teams uh, in the preseason, uh, Mike, you know, I try not to uh, draft too many rookie players. I mean, because, I mean, pretty much they're hit or miss, right? I mean, yeah. And uh, lately, we've seen a lot of these rookies uh, come out of the gate strong, but it is a risk. So, I mean, you don't want to create a roster full of these guys. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I did expect and and do expect uh, Jimenez to have a good season. Yeah, he's got 11 hits in his last six games, so he's really heated up. Uh, Basically, this week he got started uh, over the last seven days. He's really heated up and and caught fire. So Jimenez, uh, those... Uh, his first two homers of the entire season. They both come at the expense of the Yankees last night. As far as the rest of that game, Makata, he goes one for four. He scores a run. Abreu, one for three. Run scored. Alonzo, Yonder Alonzo, two for four. Three RBIs there. He hits a home run. Uh, and this is all mostly at the expense of Jay Happ. So mm. four, run, four innings pitched last night, nine hits, six earned. A couple of walks as well. So he just falls to 0-2 on the season. Jay Happ out of the gate very slowly. Not something the Yankees needed. They've got a million injuries. Uh, More guys. Sanchez on the deal. We'll get to the injuries later, and the Yankees are going to be a big part of it. But uh, Jay Happ slow out of the gate here for the Yanks. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, Still very early uh, and a little surprising based on the way he finished the season last year. You know, some guys come to the Yankees and, uh, you know, it's the uh, if you're old enough to remember the Ed Whitson effect where, you know, they have success in small markets. And then when they come to New York, the, the bright lights, it seems, you know, uh, 
put a, a lot of pressure on them and they can't perform. So, uh, you know, when you look at Hap's uh, long-term uh, production over the years, you know, he's basically a, a solid pitcher, you know, middle of the rotation kind of guy. I, uh, unless there's an, did you think uh, it was under- a good signing when they, when they yes. brought him back? Y- yes. Um, you know, of course the, you know, the Yanks tried to get a, uh, an ace and, Basically, you know, they got close to what I consider an ace in in Paxton, even though he's had his issues as well. But you need these guys that'll give you the 200 innings, and and you know, let, let's say he he might not pitch to a, a a a high two or low three ERA, but with what we expected to get out of the Yankees' offense this season, uh, you know, before all these injuries, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, came about, you know, you, you thought that he would have a good chance of uh, winning a bunch of games and keeping the Yanks close in, uh, you know, in their games. Yeah, he, he signed the two-year $34 million deal. There's a vesting option uh, in that third year, but he's going to have a tough time getting to that vesting option if he can't get to the fifth inning, which he has not been able to do uh, right. in the first three starts this season. So Giolito gets the win <clears throat> on the other side of the ledger, but he goes five innings. Uh, six runs, only four earned. He picks up the win in the rain-shortened game. Brett Gardner hit a home run for the Yankees. D.J. LeMahieu uh, goes two for two with two RBIs as well for the Yankees. LeMahieu is becoming that Swiss Army knife that a lot of teams need, and he's really filling in for the Yankees in a significant way. Obviously, Torres is uh, over at short. Uh, LeMahieu coming in, and I feel like he's going to be a bigger part of the team than they probably wanted him to be, but they knew they might need. Yeah, when they first uh, signed him, you know, I, I think he's a, I, I thought of him as a, a very good player. I mean, hits for average and, you know, does a few other things. But uh, you, you kind of were like, well, you know, you, you kind of questioned the move. I know that DD was was going to be out for a while, uh, but thank God they did, right? Yeah, four <laughs> thirty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and like you said, Swiss Army knife uh, able to play a few different positions. And when you look at all the injuries the Yankees have had to deal with, I mean, uh, you know, with not only DD but Andahar, and uh, you know, I was listening to Michael Kay on the uh, the Yankee pregame, and he was talking about how, uh, you know. It, Surgery is still an option for Miguel Andujar. So, I mean, look, the Yankees are going to have a tough time getting past all these injuries. And Batances, uh, bad news with both Batances and um, uh, Severino. Gosh, there, there, gosh. Luis Severino, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Severino. It happens to me, too. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) full disclosure, I went to a concert last night. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. I went to see Billy Joel last night, so we'll get into the details of that at the top Mm -hmm. of the next segment. But uh, Severino, Batances, looks like bad news on both of those guys. Severino shut down for six weeks. Uh, Batances, they're not really loving his progress right now. So, this is all with the backdrop of Gary Sanchez going on the injured list this week. Mm-hmm. He's another guy that I think Gary Sanchez is going to be a source of frustration for Yankees fans for a long already time, is. E- e- even <laughs> for a long time. And I think mm-hmm. he, he obviously already is. And I think that even I just think he's gotten to the point now where he's going to have a hard time making it back in the good graces of some fans. Now, uh, I've been critical of him. I think he has not shown himself. We were just talking about Vlad Guerrero. I think he's Mm -hmm. shown himself not to be in particularly good shape. He's had multiple injuries. He's a catcher, and if there's one, I mean, everybody needs to be in impeccable shape, but if there's one position where you have to try your best to be in the best shape possible, it's catcher because it's a brutal physical position. You're not going to be expected to play every single day. He's unique in that they really want him in the lineup so he can even DH when he's taking days off from catching. But um, yet another injury for him, um, and a lot of still these boneheaded plays remain mm-hmm. when he is mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been uh, happy with his handling of the Yankees pitching staff over the you know the, the course of his short career. Uh, you know, just watching him play every day, sometimes you, you question, you know, his approach. Like, sometimes you know, just to simply say, hey, what the heck are you swinging at? <laughs> Swing at some yeah. stuff at, at uh, the strike zone. <laughs> and 
simple plays, you know, the pass balls, uh, you know, and, and you hate to say it, but just, you know, from the outside, it looks like it's a, uh, a lazy kind of approach to the game. And uh, he's an, another guy that uh, could eventually, uh, I think you alluded to it with the, the Guerrero Sanchez comparison could end up being, you know, a, a, a DH down the road. Yeah. So um, Lori Garcia, by the way, goes two for four last night. Uh, an unexpected hot start for him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's two for four, two ribbies last night. He's hitting 341 on the season. Uh, Sox are not off to a good start. They're four and eight, but they've got a few guys that are producing, like Moncada, uh, like Jimenez, and Garcia. So uh, the way this team is built, there's obviously a lot of young players. They went after Machado, didn't get him, but a lot of young players here. And while this may not be the year that they break through as a team, they are maybe starting to see some bright spots from this young roster. Yeah, even uh, Tim Anderson's been uh, swinging a hot bat, batting over 400, That's right. uh, That's right. 2020 potential. Yeah. yeah, so you're right. I think things are looking up. I, I think that the, uh, the White Sox really uh, were – surprised in a way that that they were rebuffed by uh, Machado. I mean, you know, they got his uh, brother-in-law on the team, his buddy on the team. They were yeah. offering him some bucks. Uh, I think they were, that, that threw them for a loop a little bit, but uh, better days are ahead for them. Yeah. I think it's unclear exactly what how good their offer was compared to maybe hmm. what the Padres' offer was, but Maca- uh, we'll talk about Manny Machado on the other side because he made a ridiculous defensive play last night that uh, hit every highlight reel across the internet and on TV. So it's Mike and Joe on FST, the new team for your Saturday morning. We'll be right back. We'll talk about me and concerts. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Good stuff out of Sean Angle producing. A little Billy Joel to get you started on this Saturday morning. And I went to see Billy Joel last night. So... It was good times uh, yesterday. We had, uh, my. I took my wife, we bought these tickets a few months ago. To those of you that don't know, Billy Joel does a residency at Madison Square Garden. So our studio is right across the street from Madison Square Garden, and uh, it's pretty easy access for my wife and I to get home. We live uh, on Long Island. Uh, so uh, easy for her to get in. We did a little dinner beforehand, had a nice meal. Uh, we have little kids, so we don't have a lot of peace and quiet in our lives, or we don't have as much alone time as you would like, so we had a fun night out. We don't get a lot of date nights. So we saw Billy Joel. I never saw him before, um, and neither did she. She's from Long Island originally, and it's sort of a sacrilegious man. I know. It's (laughs) like a birthright. It's a rite of passage to becoming a true Long Islander, and she made it uh, a few decades without uh, going to see him. Uh, I, I don't know why. But anyway, we locked it down last <laughs> night, and I, I could say this: like we're the we're rookies there, and there's clearly people in the building <laughs> that have probably seen Billy Joel a hundred times, literally. Um, and people were really having a good time getting into it. It's a, it's a little different concert experience for me. I'll say this: I've been to a lot of concerts in my life, a lot. Uh, I have not been going since we've had kids, uh, so. Really, since we got married, we probably did a couple early on when we got married, but we basically had kids right right after we got married. So I haven't been going too many. I saw Dave Matthews last year. And I saw Billy Joel tonight, but it's about a once-a-year thing, maybe twice. But I'll first ask you, Joe, do you go see a lot of concerts? Have you seen a lot of concerts in your life? In my lifetime, I've seen a lot of concerts, but uh, I don't get to go to as many as I'd like. Uh, Like you, you know, married man, uh, kids. Now the kids are getting a little older, so that maybe I could, you know, make a return to that. But, 
you know, I've, I've seen uh, Billy Joel a few times. Always puts on a great show. Yeah, he does. He does. So uh, it, it's clear, like, when you go to a concert. So it's different in this way. Uh, people were really mostly sitting down. Like, we had seats in the second deck, but pretty good viewing point, uh, I thought. Um, so I, it's pretty cool. He's got, you know, he's playing the piano, and the, the, the part of the stage where the piano is rotates so he can play yeah, kind yes. of the whole crowd. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good. And uh, people are into it. As this, as the concert got going, people were standing up and dancing a little bit more and getting into it. People probably, you know, liquored up. <laughs> mm, <laughs> that always helps. Having a, few, sure. having a few more drinks, getting loose. Uh, but it was a really good time. Uh, we had a lot of fun. So he played a lot of the classics, uh, everything that you would suspect that he would play. Uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant. And uh, uh, let's see. What else? Uh, he didn't play it. Still rock and roll to me. Piano Man, I'm uh, sure. Piano Man, obviously, he played that. <laughs> He's rocking the harmonica. Um, but he played, he he g- generally brings out a special guest or two, and he brought out what he said is the greatest piano player in the world. I don't know the guy. I, I don't know huh? his name. He is uh, an Asian gentleman. I think he is a famous Chinese piano player. Guy came out decked all out in a white suit, and mm-hmm. he crushed it. Like, Billy Joel is an unbelievable piano player, right? But yes, he's getting up there in years. Maybe he doesn't have his fastball anymore. This guy has a fastball. And mm-hmm. he came out of there and he just played, they played like a medley of songs. It was a little bit of Billy Joel stuff, a little bit not, but they played like a, a dueling pianos kind of thing. It was cool. It just came out for, you know, five minutes or so. Um, everybody, you know, applauded, despite most of the people not knowing who he was. And that was cool. But the highlight of the show, the thing I will remember, is he starts playing New York State of Mind, and he's like, here comes my special guest, Tony Bennett. Oh, my so God. it was crazy. Like, that is mm-hmm. now, I am i don't purport to be some massive Tony Bennett fan, but mm-hmm. when the hell am I going to go see Tony Bennett? I'm not right. going to do that. So to I actually have did that see it happen, years ago. Did you? Well, right. <laughs> yeah. So good, yeah. good for you. So yeah. I, I just I wouldn't think that he's playing that much now. So mm-hmm. that's really the point. Like, yeah, I would. Somebody gave me tickets to Tony Bennett concert. I, I would go see it because right. he's unbelievable. But I just I wouldn't really plan that out. Right. I'm probably going to mm-hmm. go see a Foo Fighters concert or, or whatever else. But mm-hmm. boom, he comes out. New York State of Mind and crushed it. You know, he. uh yeah, you know, I could imagine. Tony Bennett is decked yeah, out in his, yeah. his I could, suit. I could and almost hear people, it. Yeah, people went nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. They went absolutely <laughs> bananas for it. And he's just so funny because he's so old school. Like, he finishes the one song, and then he goes around and he, like, he shakes the hand of every band member. <laughs> like, really? it's just a very, <laughs> like, gent- gentlemanly That's not surprising. It's do. just that, you know what yeah. I mean? It's really cool mm-hmm. that he did that. But, uh so yeah, that was that was the thing that I'll remember. You know, I, Billy was really good, and he played a lot of his songs. But Tony Bennett coming out, like I, I won't forget that one. Yeah, like I said, I saw him years ago. Actually, truth be told, I, I took my parents and my wife uh, to go see him. And uh, my musical taste really varies from you know. I mean, I've seen Frank Sinatra uh, to to Van Halen. You know, with uh, you know. So I mean. But uh, Billy Joel definitely always puts on uh, a great show. And I saw him about a year and a half ago at the Garden, and it was uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, he did, uh, you know, obviously a lot of different songs. But uh, Good Night Saigon uh, with that We Will All Go Down Together. And, and it was, like yes. I said, Memorial Day weekend. And he brought military yeah, people cool. on stage with him. So it was like really moving. And uh, But do you have a, a, a favorite uh, Billy Joel song? I mean, I know his catalog is tremendous, so it's tough. Yeah, like (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't ever say that I'm a huge fan, but the guy Mm -hmm. has just put out so many songs. You can find a few that you like. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think for me, the reason why I like – I maybe like Billy Joel a little bit more than, say, the average person or people that are of my – age group and frankly my normal musical tastes I, I think my musical tastes vary as well but I mm-hmm. played piano growing up so I played piano oh, okay. for like eight years so I, I think that's part of why I am attracted to some of his songs and it's typically mm-hmm. the ones that are 
piano heavy, right? So right, right, right. Scenes from scenes from an Italian restaurant is one that I'm always sure. gonna like because there's like pretty significant piano solos in that. So mm-hmm. um, he played that last night, and uh, that was a home run for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few obviously, uh, like you mentioned, like uh, Down Easter Alexa. You know, only the good die young. Yeah, he played uh, that too. Yeah. Yeah, did did he um, come to a point where he offered the audience two different songs and and played one based on their reaction to it? No, 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 no. He did no, that he a few times in the in the show. I uh, saw. So, so maybe he, uh, yeah, maybe that's uh, optional uh, from show yeah, to show. But yeah. He didn't do yeah. that last night, but still. Overall, a good time. I always think it's it's good to kind of relay that stuff. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it's interesting that we our studio is right across the street from Madison Square Garden. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, you are you're always seeing the the marquee and Billy Joel sold out. So walking into the arena was pretty cool uh, as well. I, I don't know why MSG can't get their stuff together with uh, getting people in a little bit more quickly, but, but security and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like it was just a really slow going getting in there. They tell you to get there an hour before and and I understand mm-hmm. why now because <laughs> <clears throat> it was really, really slow getting in there I think they, they just have metal detectors at all these um, at every gate now so it's kind of hard getting through yeah, anyway nature of the beast today yeah I just, yeah yeah exactly I just wanted to relay and, uh, just personal it's, what, what, there, so. Billy Joel uh, just one thing before we move on to, to yeah, back to sports but uh, yeah. it, it, how many songs do you think or what kind of music do you think we've missed out on since he kind of retired from uh, putting out rock albums, right? He hasn't put out a rock album since, uh, I think, 93 River of Dreams. And I was just reading yeah. up on him and he was saying that, you know, uh, he looks at some older musicians and they, he says, I've seen artists on the treadmill putting out albums year after year and the albums get worse and worse and less and less interesting. It's like, maybe you should stop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, it's a shame that we haven't seen new music from him, but uh, he still got his voice, right? He sounded great, great didn't he? Uh, somebody told me, in fact, Greg Sussman, uh, mm-hmm. our friend and producer and host here on the Sports Radio Network, he yep. said, just be aware that he may not have it anymore voice-wise uh, that the backups will really chime in a lot. But I, mm-hmm. I was actually pleasantly surprised that yeah. now I'll say towards the end of the show, mm-hmm. they were picking him up. I think he right. just kind of lost it towards the end, but he played for two hours. I mean, yeah, yeah. it wasn't, you know, this wasn't like a 75-minute show. The guy plays mm-hmm. for, it was probably over two hours, you know? we yeah. So from that standpoint... I thought he was really good, you know. I, I, let me. I'm gonna Google how old he is right now. I, I would guess Billy Joel is probably pushing seventy. Yeah, I would agree. Said. But yeah, I'd say upper sixties. Yeah, and he's still pushing out kids. <laughs> That's why he's still playing. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I was yeah. right on the money. Pushing seventy is the best way to do it. He'll be seventy mm-hmm. in about four weeks. So. Wow. So there you go. I mean, for a guy to yeah. be doing, if you saw what he was doing last night, now he's physically, he's, you know, he's he's having a tough time. He's getting mm-hmm. up from the piano, and he's try, he's shaking hands with people, but, you know, he's not as spry as he once was. I get it. He's been through a mm-hmm. lot. Some of it is self-induced, but I don't want to make this a negative thing. He put on a right, great right. show, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of fun, and I hope my wife had a lot of fun, too. So, So there you go. That's it. Billy Joel. Uh, I'll, I'll always update you guys if I go to another concert as well. The, the concert that I have on my radar right now, and i got to figure out when they're getting into this area, is Foo Fighters. Sean Angle knows well that I always have Foo Fighters playing, uh, coming in and out of breaks. My, my favorite, One of my favorite bands of all time, and I just haven't seen them, so I, I need to get out there and see them. Um, I had tickets. I had, I had tickets to go see them. For some reason, it just avoided me. There was one time my friend was going to give me a ticket, and I already had a commitment somewhere. I was so bummed. I should have canceled that other thing because I don't remember now what it was, but I would have remembered going to that concert. Then there was another time I had tickets to go see them at City Field, and I bought them in advance, and then we found out that my daughter's due date was the same day of the concert. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she was born on the day that I had tickets to the concert. So a friend of mine bought him off me, and, and he went and had a good time. But uh, 
I, obviously I wasn't mad about it because my All daughter right. was born that day, but it, it still was like one of those things like, oh, I would love to be able to do both things. So I love anyway. Hero by them. That, 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 that's yeah, one of my great. favorite songs by Great Jam. Um, great Jam. Any any other groups that uh, let's say uh, that you do missed out on? Like for instance, I'll give you one quick of mine. And I I, I oh, kind of regret a f- yeah. few years back uh, they got back together. The Police, you know, and I'm, like I said, I go from hard rock to to you know standards and stuff. But Police, man, amazing band, a three piece band, just the sound that they put together. And it had to be, I guess, now about at least ten, fifteen years ago they got back. That's a hard one, re- though. Because yeah. they broke up so long ago, and there's yeah. been a lot of animosity amongst them. So right. even that reunion was short-lived. It would have been hard yeah. to get a ticket there. I'm sure it was expensive to get them. But I'll give you two. Um, number one, I had I had plans to go see them, and they broke up. And oh, no. I, it was Soundgarden. So this is like 20 years ago. Where right, I had right. uh, my buddy had lined up tickets to go see them on tour, and it's when their relationship was fracturing a little bit. They broke up. It wasn't it wasn't one of the more acrimonious breakups. So I think they always remained friendly, and they ultimately got back together for some reunion concerts. And I never saw them, but uh, unfortunately, I never got a chance to see them or Chris Cornell before he passed. And he's somebody mm-hmm. I always would have wanted to see. Uh, mm-hmm. And the dumbest thing I ever did uh, in the history of concerts was my friend had Nirvana tickets in 1992. And I was a freshman in college. Like most freshmen in college, I had no money. And I remember the ticket was $65. And that's when $65 was a lot of money. When you're broke, when you're a broke college freshman, 65 bucks is a lot. And I didn't want to hit up my parents to give me $65 to go see this concert and I sure wish I had because I would have paid them back and done whatever I could to pay them back but I just Mm -hmm. didn't do it Um, and I will say that I don't know that I was the biggest Nirvana fan at that moment and maybe that contributed to me not wanting the $65 but I sure should have done it because he passed away two years later and that was it. So that's that's one that'll stick with me that I regret. I regret not seeing both of those bands, but the Nirvana one, I really could have seen it. Um, and I will see a Foo Fighters concert uh, soon enough. So I, I, I know I'll do that. I'm focused on it. So anyway, so that's it. Good, a nice little mm-hmm. concert segment. Uh, yeah, we probably yeah, have like, like two minutes. Probably have two <laughs> minutes here. So I'll just talk about Manny Machado really quick because he made this sure. ridiculous defensive play, uh, backhanded amazing. stab. So I think that's a part of... That's part of the thing where, you know, us as baseball fans and us as fantasy analysts will we we recognize and I like to call it out. And I know it may not be fantasy relevant, but it just speaks to why he isn't just a DH, right? He's not just mm-hmm. some hitter. He's an unbelievable defender. He could play short, he could play third. He's playing third right now and making ridiculous gold glove backhanded stabs and throwing people out at first. The pitcher, I, I have to see who it was last night, and he hit a home run last night. So uh, the pitcher last night for the Padres, let me get who it was. Was it Paddock? I, I guess believe it was Paddock, Paddock was the starter, yeah. yeah. I think that's who mm-hmm. was in when he made that play. Mm-hmm. He was just laughing. He's smiling on the mound because of how ridiculous a play it was. And not only play, did he, yeah, not he only th- did he go into foul territory and make that's that what throw, I was going to mention. Yeah. Strike. Yeah, the first he baseman three didn't feet have to into, move into foul territory when he made that right. play. So, right. and I'm not the biggest yeah. Manny Machado fan, but you got to tip Why? your cap to this guy. Why? Why? Uh, attitude. Uh, you know, it just. I, that first of all, he made that dumb statement that uh, I'm sure that his uh, agent probably just wanted to choke him about. But just uh, you know, he, he's got so much talent, but uh, it's unfortunately seems like he takes it for granted, you know. Uh, but that that's just me, you know. I'm, I'm not a big fan in terms of his personality. Uh, you can't argue with the 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 talent level, though. But uh, yeah. you know, I mean, he's a top ten player in baseball, right? We oh yeah, that. yes, it could be. Oh yeah, absolutely higher. So yeah. I I understood why people got upset last year during the playoffs and, and all that kind of stuff with the Dodgers. Yeah. But I just I chalked it up to 
just kind of a a a, a a foolish act followed up by a foolish statement, and it wasn't going to paint the guy with a broad brush over a bad week. Do you know what I mean? Now, mm-hmm. if you are of the opinion that Manny Machado sometimes dogs it out there, takes it for granted, I get it. I've just seen him produce and play hard at other times. We'll come back a little bit because there's other players out there like this too that I can compare him to. And, and overall, you have to be happy with their production. So it's Mike and Joe on FST. We'll be right back talking Manny Machado right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It's Journey. Yeah. Journey. Right. Yeah. So, I'm actually terrible at identifying songs. It's just not a talent of mine. I really stink at that. <laughs> Even bands that I know well, if a song comes on, I'll get. I always guess the wrong song. It's just one of those weird things. It's like a blind spot in my brain. I just can't get it. Um, so, like when I played piano, you know, some people can play piano by ear. I never would have been. Right. Able to do right. That. Like it just wasn't something that I could do. Um, I would have to read the music and, and and play it according to what it was. I was no prodigy at all. I yeah, when you think piano, about it, you I watch these uh, you watch these guys play the piano with no music at all in front of them. You know, jumping around from song to song to song to song. It's amazing. I, I tip my well, that them. that you can do be, that you can do by rote. It's just uh, a matter of practicing. So I, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I could even conceivably remember songs that I played. 30 years ago and play them because I played them hundreds of times, but um, it, it, I couldn't like watch somebody play something and then figure it out how to play it. Mm-hmm. This is not something that I could do. So anyway, um, before we get started, <clears throat> don't look now, Joe, but NFL teams are focusing on the 2019 NFL draft for the first round on Thursday, April 25th. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. So Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. So Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off. With promo code FNTSY, it's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. So really good stuff there from Davis Maddock. He's getting you prepared uh, for the 2019 season. We'll be doing draft coverage, not just on this show, but on many shows across the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on draft night. Uh, we're bring, getting the band back together. It'll be myself, Spittin' Speeds, uh, Dane Martinez, who you hear every morning on Make It Rain, and his show, Fantasy Freestyle, uh, once a week, I believe, on uh, Monday nights. So uh, got that going. Uh, going to bring in Emery Hunt, who's actually going to be on in the next hour. He'll be there live. Uh, he's somebody that studies a lot of college football players. He's a college football uh, color commentator. Uh, at, he does a variety of different conferences there. So, so from that standpoint, um, we've got some pretty good coverage there. I think we'll be adding another person to that crew. Don't know who it is yet, but should be a good time. So uh, looking forward to that. And, and please check out rotoexperts.com, promo code FNTSY. So uh, we were talking about Manny Machado, and we won't get into a long discussion about it, but just to touch on it, I, I wasn't going to paint him with a broad brush over the, the week. Now, if you think historically in his career that he's been kind of jaking it or he's a little lazy, so be it. But he's been incredibly productive I do think to some extent, Joe, and we got to see him up close here in New York a lot. Mm -hmm. You could have made the argument that Robbie Cano didn't always bust it, 
right? Right. He right. was never the guy running out ground balls. If he hit a grounder to second base, he was gonna he was gonna jog it down to first. You weren't gonna see that. And there were times at which it was very frustrating because some people thought he might be lazy, and even I was like, "How can you not run that out?" Um, you know, occasionally there's that scenario where a guy bobbles a ball, and if you'd run it out, maybe you would have been safe at first, or something along those lines. And early in his career, his fluid way in which he fielded the ball at second looked a little nonchalant, and it created some errors early in his career, but he tightened that up, and he ended up mm-hmm. being an incredible second baseman at times. Now, he also was a guy, Robbie Cano, that played almost every day. He mm-hmm. never missed games. He didn't get hurt. Now, I know there was a suspension last year and all this other kind of stuff, but you couldn't really sit there and say he's lazy for not running out ground balls when he played 159 games plus every year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and, and some of, um, like, the way you described the way he was on the field with the, you know, the, the kind of nonchalant uh, defensive style. Uh, some uh, had said that, that that was just part of that. He was so good that he, that he didn't need to, you know, appear to be like, you know, uh, you know, uh, that basically his style of play was a result of him being as good as he was, whether or not you agree with that or not. But, uh, look, you know, that you wonder if, Maybe the things that you're talking about now in terms of him not running out ground balls or whatnot might have been what led the Yankees to let him go to the Mariners or the fact that maybe, uh, you know, he, had, he was asking for uh, a longer contract than the Yankees were willing to give him. But, uh, look, you know, you can't argue with, with his talent either. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I believe he's only batting uh, j- just under 200 so far uh, with the Mets. But, look, I project him to uh, be, have his batting average back up to close to the 300 mark uh, as he's well. He's so yeah, streaky. Was, he, he, yeah. Get, be so streaky, Cano. He was the type of guy that, in his salad days, he was going to hit like 450 for a month and carry the entire <laughs> yeah. team. And I don't know if he still got those uh, tools in his bag anymore. But to your point, I think he 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 probably will get on some sort of streak to make his average more respectable. And, and obviously, he's still got some level of power. But the reason I brought him up was to make sort of that comparison where people view. At some point, people mm-hmm. viewed him through a negative lens. It's a good comparison. Uh, but that yeah. changed, and I just wonder, um, you know, Robbie Cano you know, was at one point one of the best hitters in baseball, and Machado is obviously one of the most talented, and he's been rewarded mm-hmm. as such financially. So I, I just wonder if long-term people will be like, you know what, every once in a while he does something that bothers you, but uh, long haul uh, he's a player that you really want on your team. And I'll compare him. It's a different sport. You know, let's say Machado, but sometimes you you worry that, you know, look, there's no denying that we've said, you know, his production's been incredible, Uh, but you put him on a team with a lot of young players and like with the Padres, you just hope that he could become a leader and that, uh, you know, uh, some of that we'll say, uh, perceived, uh, you know, nonchalant, uh, uh, you know, the way of going about with the game doesn't trickle down and affect uh, the young guys that are going to be coming up through that, that system. So it's almost like, you know, like I said, it's a different sport, but uh, OBJ and, and his uh, effect on, let's say, a Sterling uh, Shepard, you know, like yeah. it's, it, it, when you see what one player could get away with and you're a young guy and, you know, you, you emulate the, the, the superstar veteran. So, but, you know, yeah. like, you know, can't argue with Manny Machado's production, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, all right, so injuries. There's a lot of them, despite it being early in the season. But we got a couple of guys. Uh, Mike Trout exited the game earlier this week. He hasn't been in the starting lineup yet. Uh, he's scheduled to be reevaluated today. So Mike Trout dealing with a right groin strain. You think this is uh, – he probably – you think he hits the IL to keep him – healthy long-term, or do you think they were just being cautious here and he's going to come back? What are your thoughts there? Initially, they had said that it was a mild strain. I think it was a groin, right? But And, and yep. they 
initially expected him to ha- be ready to play last night, Friday. But now the latest reports I saw was that uh, uh, he might not be ready till Monday. It's almost like, look, if I have a player like uh, Mike Trout and I was lucky enough to get the first overall pick in one of my leagues and I, and I, I drafted him, of course. But uh, if I'm the Angels... Put him on the IL, let him get 100% healthy, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, like, I, I don't think it's going to be a major long-term, you know, month-long issue, but you bring him back too soon, then it could turn into something like that. Yeah, Alex Bregman not in the starting lineup again last night. He's mm-hmm. expected to come back today. He's been dealing with right hamstring soreness. I just think early in the season, I think MLB has gotten smarter about it. You know, the old school mentality is like, ah, you got to tough it out, be out there every day. Now, I think uh, most leagues looking at injury data understand, like, we're playing for the long haul here. Nobody's going to be Cal Ripken anymore and tough Mm -hmm. it out there to get out there every day. They're just going to protect guys, especially early in the season, so that this doesn't compound injuries over the course of the year. Yeah, and the difference between, let's say, Bregman's injury and uh, Trout's injury, you know, obviously Trout is the best player in baseball, but uh, the Angels aren't really expected to win their division or go deep into the playoffs, but Astros have uh, the World Series on their radar. So, uh, like you kind of insinuated, get this guy Bregman healthy 100% because we're worried about the long-term pitcher here uh, for the Astros. Yeah, I I have... I have Alex Bregman, so he's somebody that I, I desperately need to come back. Uh, mm-hmm. He's hitting 341 on the season to start, so he's got a homer and a few RBIs, so I need Bregman back in the lineup. Uh, a couple other pitchers we'll talk about. Uh, Mike Voltanevich may be back tomorrow. He was placed on the 10-day IL uh, with elbow soreness, retroactive to the 21st. He had a couple of rehab starts. Uh, he in triple a and it looks like he may come back tomorrow so mike fulton may be added to your fantasy rosters as of tomorrow yeah and the, the braves could use him because uh you know uh, the, for instance kyle wright has had uh some kind of uneven starts uh, so far this season uh max freed pitched well the last time he was out but uh you know fulty looked like he was uh, ready to take that next step uh Good strikeout pitcher, uh, and uh, you know that that American League East, Amer- American that NL East is super yeah. competitive, and every game is is important. So, uh, so get faulty back that, there. Yeah, you know. it's so funny that the NL East is now like the division <laughs> in baseball that people watch. It, it was like three years ago when people were like, God, this division stinks. How, how are the Mets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. winning? How are they getting to the World Series? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, you just division isn't very good, and now. Now you don't want to play the Phillies and the Braves, you know. Right. And the Na- don't forget the Nationals. I mean, uh, I know. a couple of years ago, like you said, the, the Nationals basically uh, were just expected to cruise through and just, you know, make the playoffs uh, by default. But uh, you're right. They're, they're pretty much the best uh, division in, in baseball right now. It's certainly the deepest. So, um, and then Chris Sale had a start pushback. I think they're pushing back his start from Monday to Tuesday. So just giving him an extra day of rest. Obviously, there's been concern about velocity. It was up at times in his last start, but still concerns about Chris Sale. How concerned are you? I mean, I am sort of holding my breath right now because he was my first-round draft pick, and if Sale can't be Sale, I'm in big trouble, uh, Mm -hmm. unless Herman Marquez can really carry my team. But what are your thoughts about Sale? How concerned are you on a scale of, say, 1 to 10? Uh, I'd say probably uh, around a six and a half. I mean, it, yeah. sales just that's it's probably just, where I'm uh, at. Yeah, it's it's a strange uh, thing because you know they talked about I'm talking about the, the Red Sox talked about uh, you know his velocity. Uh, the problems with his velocity is, is uh, due to them wanting him to uh, not blow out his arm. You know, they, they need him for the full season, right? So the, they're asking him to kind of not be as explosive as he, as he can be, which is a kind of an odd thing to say. And it could be a, a total lie, but I've heard it also said like in previous years as well, you know, from sale himself. Uh, so and then there were stories about, well, you know, he had an illness. Or, I don't know what they saying. It was, it was the flu or something. He had some kind of illness. 
illness that might have been affecting yeah. him. So, I mean, look, let's let's see what happens. Uh, again, he didn't pitch much in, in, in spring. Again, we have to have a little faith in, in uh, you know, the, the Red Sox and hoping that they did their due diligence before they gave him that big-time uh, contract ex- extension. But, look, it's, it's a situation that uh, definitely needs to be monitored. Yeah, so uh, ironically, since I'll get selfish and talk about my team. Uh, sure. You know, it's really been helping me out. Tyler Glasnow oh, is killing yeah, it. Yeah, he's been amazing. Yeah. It's and, just uh, been uh, unbelievable. Yeah. It's the guy. Yeah. He's one of the guys that can really, really help me a lot. He's thrown, uh, let's see, he's 3-0. and His ERA is .53 uh, in his 17 innings pitched. He's got 21 Ks. So he was a late draft pick, too. I was just trying. I was just looking for starters late in the draft, and I, I want to say, we, what did we have a twenty-four round draft? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to say he was high teens to maybe twenties, maybe like the twentieth round. I got Tyler Glass now. You know, I my starting staff is Sale, Marquez, Hendricks, Glass now, and I have a lot of relievers. But that so that's it. But. A guy like Glasnow is the type of guy that can really help a team. You know, I, I don't expect it to happen for the entirety of the year, but he is somebody that was seen early in his career to have a ton of talent. Maybe he didn't get to where they wanted him in Pittsburgh, but uh, in Tampa he's found a new home, and maybe he's gonna he's gonna be there the opener that they want. He's gonna be the new Blake Snell, maybe. Yeah, Tampa is is amazing when it comes to their uh, pitching staff. I was looking at their numbers the other day. Uh, prior to yesterday's game, I think their starters starting rotation had a ERA of one point six one. And and you mentioned Glass now, uh, you know t- one of the uh, the better prospects coming out of the Pirates organization. Uh, made some tweaks uh, to his delivery in spring training. Uh, saw an uptick in, in his uh, velocity as well. Look, you know he's incredibly good so far uh has a hundred percent strand rate so once that corrects a little bit i mean his numbers are going to come up but no doubt uh that uh for where you got him in the draft absolutely tremendous value yeah and i I think go ahead you know i I was gonna say and they got uh, the rays got him in the trade uh where they sent archer to the pirates they also got austin meadows and look what austin meadows has been doing as well that's right that's right (laughs) so tampa's been really good about managing talent for really the last 10 years or so they they just mm-hmm. got smart you know they were doing a lot of stupid things early in the franchise's history but really in the last 10 years they've figured out a good way to acquire talent cheaply because they don't have obviously the revenue potential that some of these other teams have and now it, the way you have to approach it is who knows he like you said he may blow up by memorial day but to get my five good starts out of him that's really how you end up piecing this together, right? And yeah. I got to find mm-hmm. somebody else on the waiver wire to piece five more starts together. They're not all going to be wins, and you cut guys, and guys will fall apart. And you know, you're looking at certain guys like, man, I'm, I don't know if this is going to work out at shortstop for me. But you know, I, I'm I'm using Tyler Glass now and Ryan Healy right now, and I'm riding the wave. You know? hey, absolutely, so, yeah. I mean, so I'll just ride the wave as long as I can. I I told you I did that with some closers too. So Shane Green has already got eight saves, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about it. So we'll come back. Uh, hour one went pretty quick. We'll turn it over to football next on FST. It's Mike and Joe. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network after this. 